What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another hour of the Andy Slater Show on this Thursday, February 15th, the day after Valentine's Day. I hope all of you did your jobs. If you're in a relationship, you did the flowers, the card, maybe some candy, dinner, whatever it was. If you didn't do it, it's too late. Now, if you're not in a relationship, raise your hand. Keep one hand on the wheel, though. I hope you at least went out to a bar. You did something fun. Maybe you found someone in a similar situation. I had Uncle Luke on the show on Tuesday, the day before Valentine's Day. He gave plenty of great ideas. So I hope you partook in something last night and didn't just say, yeah, I don't have anyone. It's 8 o'clock. I'm just going to go to bed. I'll watch some television, and then I'll sleep and wake up this morning, and yeah, we'll just move on to February 15th. And if you did that, don't make that mistake next year because Valentine's Day being single, it could be a very fun holiday. I know there's a lot of you in this audience who have been married for quite some time, and you and your significant other, you're just like, eh, whatever. I mean, we've been married 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, maybe 50 years. We don't have to do all of that. I'm sure you at least did something to get that Valentine's Day love in. I'm glad that I love traveling because if I didn't love traveling, I would be in Miami 24-7 which isn't a horrendous thing. I don't want to make that sound bad. I do love Miami, born and raised in Miami. I love South Florida, and I'm all about South Florida. But the fact that I love traveling, and I love doing this show, and then I could put those two things together and do this show from anywhere in the world, I love that. And if I didn't like traveling, then I wouldn't be doing this show from everywhere in the world. If I was scared of planes, if I didn't want to get on a plane... If I didn't like flying, then I wouldn't be where I am right now, probably. And you know where I am, don't you? Although I haven't posted a ton on my Instagram since football season ended. I put up a couple of bets and just kind of went into chill mode for at least a few days. And why not? Football season's long and grueling. It's so much work. It's really not, but it is kind of stressful. Every Sunday by your television, watching all of these games. If you're a Dolphins fan, you know it's stressful. You've been stressed for 24 years or 34 years or 44 years, maybe your entire life watching Dolphins football. But I'm excited that we at least get to move on to something else. I am joining you today from beautiful Medellin yet again. There's no football this weekend. There's no Pro Bowl games. There's no award shows. We just got the long preparation for the draft. We got free agency. That'll be coming up. And we'll have plenty of discussions about it. But for right now, I'm like, I'm going to chill a little bit. I'm doing the show, although I am taking tomorrow off. Kind of in recognition of us not having football at all. No awards, no nothing. 
I'm going to take Friday off. I don't really take a whole lot of Fridays off, but I'm going to take tomorrow off. So you get to hear my voice right now. What a treat. Really is a treat. And then I'll be back on Monday. A lot of talk show hosts, TV personalities, radio. After the Super Bowl, they stay on for that week, which is what I'm doing now, except tomorrow. And then take like a long vacation. Not saying it's well-deserved because some people don't do a whole lot of work. And I know some of those. But it's just like, all right, we, we went through a football season. We'll be ready for September. Pitchers and catchers are reporting right now. So it's kind of, kind of calm. Take a little break. I was looking at my schedule, so you guys know. And I'm not taking any major breaks until, I believe, April. April, I'll be taking about eight days or nine days off. And I haven't done that probably in about six years when my show aired on a station that carried the Marlins and that station was playing Marlins spring training games on the radio. And it would always be when my show would normally be on. So I just said, you know what? I'll take two weeks off and I'll go travel everywhere. I'll be on a plane every single day. Well, now that's different. I mean, it's been different for about five or six years. That doesn't happen anymore. So I really haven't taken a long period of time off. But in April, I will. Early to mid-April. That's because I'm going to go to a poker tournament in Barcelona. I've never been to Spain. Believe it or not, as many planes as I go on, and I've been on in the past 24 months, I've been on, I think, 200 flights. I'm not, like, exaggerating there. That's true. I have never been on a flight more than six hours. Now, when I was five or six years old, I went to Europe, but that doesn't count. I don't really remember a whole lot. But I I have not been on a flight in a long, long, long time since I was a little kid for over six hours. The longest flight I've taken is Miami to San Francisco. That's almost as long as you can get. So I'm excited for this. Obviously, I'm not going to be sitting in a middle seat and coach because then I wouldn't say I'm excited for this. I don't know how anybody could be excited if they're sitting in a middle seat and coach, even for a two-hour flight, let alone an eight-hour flight. But I will be going to Barcelona, Spain. Uh, That'll be in April for about a week. And I'm looking forward to it. I know it's not going to be like being here where I'm doing the show right now, and that's in... Colombia! But I'm sure it'll be a great time. And I'll keep myself busy playing in a poker tournament out there and maybe win a bunch of euros. We shall see. So if you tuned into the program yesterday, I touched on something while it was going on right after it had happened. And I'm not going to go too deep into the events that happened in Kansas City yesterday. 
other than say when you have a million people at an outdoor event, it's impossible to have metal detectors. It was a horrible day. How can you check every single person when you got a parade with like a million people there? When you go to a game, whether it's inside a stadium or arena, wherever it is, you got points of entry so everybody can be checked. To have something like this happen yesterday at an event that's supposed to be a celebration for an entire town, a feel-good event, it's sad. I'm not going to get into political arguments. This is not that type of show. And we do not tend to dwell in the land of sad because you come here to be entertained. But I had to at least, I mean, the, the least I could do is bring it up before we officially get going because it is the big national story. It was brutal. Um, you know, I'm a news hound and this program's all about news and staying on top of everything. That's why I brought it up yesterday. And that's why I'm quickly bringing it up right now. Really, yesterday, I, I have a ton of notes. I, I do. Every single day, I've got tons of notes. I wake up in the morning, shower, get ready for the day, have two cups of coffee, minimum, sometimes have a little breakfast, and I go over everything that I'm going to do on the show. Now, things change. It could come showtime and something happens and it wipes away half of my notes. Yesterday, my notes contained parade talk in a joyous way and kind of wondering what it would be like if the Dolphins had a parade. Not where it would be, all of that. I mean, we've been talking about that for, what, 40 years? Some of you have been talking about it since the 70s. But just thinking about South Florida having a huge celebration. And it's been a long time. We haven't had one since the Miami Heat. And I remember being at that Heat Parade, Biscayne Boulevard, it was fun. I, I did the show from there. We had a live truck. It was amazing. So that's what my notes were about yesterday. They weren't about somebody shooting others. That's just horrible. It's something that we'll never get used to. And again, I'm not going to get into the conversation. I just quickly wanted to mention what was on my notes yesterday, what I intended to discuss, and I'll leave it at that. But I do have other things to bring up. I can't just leave it at that and then say bye-bye because then there would be like another 50 minutes or so this hour that somebody would have to fill. I'm going to be the one to fill it with lots of information, with lots of notes, and hopefully I don't have to deviate from the notes that I have in front of me right now. All right, are you ready? Because I'm ready for this hour to officially begin. It's time to shuffle up and deal. Did you see it? Pitchers and catchers worked out in Jupiter today. I think that's exciting. 
We are done with football for now, which is not exciting. At least on a daily basis, we're done with football. You know, the rhythm and pattern of football. And I love the daily chatter about football, but now we enter another. Yes, we still have the Heat, and I will talk about them a lot. Yes, we have the Florida Panthers, who got another victory last night in Pittsburgh. But now we have a season, one with 162 games, where pitchers and catchers for these teams, like the Miami Marlins, have now reported. So I think it's safe to say it's baseball season. I'm talking baseball. The Miami Marlins are back for the 2024 campaign. They're missing their ace, their Cy Young winner, Sandy Alcantara, and they lost their biggest bat, Jorge Soler. But they're here. They're in Jupiter. They're near you. And the Miami Marlins are getting ready to go. Over the past few days, I've talked about the Miami Marlins' win total. I look at season win totals. The Marlins' win total is 78 and a half. And I've tried to figure out a way how they could possibly go over 78 and a half. And last night I thought about this. Getting ready for the show today, I thought about this. And I said to myself, It's too early to bury the Marlins. It's too early to bury any team. Nobody should have their team in hopes buried before position players even arrive. So I should at least wait another five or six days before burying them. Maybe even longer than that. If you're going to bury a team before position players arrive at camp, it kind of takes the fun out of the game. Baseball is about fun and hope. Baseball's about surprises, and let's be real. Last season, I did not expect anything out of the Marlins. I don't think many people did. In fact, I think we all laughed at this idea that instead of going out and getting a major league center fielder, someone who has at least played one game in the outfield, the Marlins... They just shifted Jazz Chisholm Jr. from the infield to not only the outfield, but center field. And they said, all right, you're just going to have on-the-job training. We all thought that was nuts because Jazz went up to Skip and Kim. They didn't have a center fielder, and he said, Look at me. And they were like, okay, let's go. Let's do it. I would say the experiment worked in certain ways better than we expected. But going into the season, I never thought that. The physical toll of playing center field is no joke. Jazz did battle injuries. Maybe part of it was because he's got so much room there in center field, especially at Lone Depot Park, and you've just got to cover all that position and I know he's fast but there's a lot of strain and you've never done it before but he was not terrible Jazz has that natural ability to track the baseball his arm was not bad 
the experiment was not a disaster. If it was, the Marlins would have not made the postseason. So Jazz will remain in center field. Skip Schumacher will remain in the dugout, as he should. I mean, it was only his first year, and we knew that Skip Schumacher had those Cardinals roots, and the St. Louis Cardinals organization is solid, one that has a history of winning and being successful. But going into last year, Skip had never managed the ball club himself, so we didn't really know what to expect. We didn't know what we were getting in Skip. We didn't know what we were going to get with Jazz in center, and we thought it was going to be horrible, but it wasn't. Heck, in year one, Skip, he proved himself to be a steady force in the clubhouse, and that's big. I think it was pretty clear the guys respected him. He didn't do anything too crazy strategically. Skip Schumacher took a ball club that didn't have a whole lot of talent, not a ton of talent. They had talent, but not a ton of talent, at least before the trade deadline. Those two deals that they made for Berger and Bell, that was great. He took that ball club to the postseason in his first year as a manager. A tremendous job. Now he's got a better feel for everything. Now he's got a year of experience. He knows his players more. He's developed relationships with the guys. He knows the brass at the top better. He's more familiar with Bruce Sherman. So for now, as long as Skip Schumacher's in Miami, he should settle into that role very nicely, feel more comfortable. Now, how comfortable is he with the players on this roster winning 79 or more games for betting purposes or 87 or 88 games for postseason purposes? Well, that remains to be seen. The Marlins do have some arm talent. Today, pitchers and catchers reported, so might as well talk about some of the pitchers. The catchers, I'm not really going to discuss. The one arm when you're talking about the Marlins that you got to bring up first is the one that's not available, and that's Sandy Alcantara. During the season, his name won't be brought up all that much because he won't be pitching. How much are the Marlins going to miss Sandy at the top of that rotation? I think very much. It's not just that he's a winner and a Cy Young Award winner, but Sandy goes out there and pitches a lot of innings. Nowadays, you look at pitchers, they're going six, and then you turn it over to the bullpen. Sandy goes long. So on nights where the offense doesn't have it, which happens often with the Marlins, Sandy tends to do a great job of picking up the hitting. He goes out there for seven or eight or sometimes even nine innings. He saves that bullpen. It keeps his team in the ball game. It's so important to have somebody like that in your rotation, especially at the top of your rotation. And now the Marlins don't. But 
what they do have is Yuri Perez. I want to talk more about the fish, and I will in just a moment. There's also some fish you could find in the poker room at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood. Oh, I love finding them fish at my table. So much action going on in the poker room at the Hard Rock. Right now, a $200,000 guaranteed prize pool in the Escalator Series. That's five consecutive weeks of tournaments. Last week, it was 100 k Now it's 200 k Next week, 300 k The week after, 400 k And then, early March, half a million dollars. The tournament action, amazing. The bonus high hands, incredible. The cash games, phenomenal. You've got to head on over to Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood. Go to their poker room. I'm telling you, it is a great place to play. For the tournament schedule, for every bit of information, visit SeminoleHardRockPokerOpen.com. That's SeminoleHardRockPokerOpen.com. And then maybe I will see you very soon at a poker table at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood. Live racing going on right now. Seriously, right now at Gulfstream Park. It's a Thursday, and during the championship meet, the live racing at Gulfstream Park happens Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I was just at Gulfstream Park a few days ago, had a tremendous time. When I go to Gulfstream Park, I go to the trackside restaurant, Ten Palms, have a fantastic meal, watch the races live right in front of me, and of course, you know, I wager on them. Heck, you could wager as little as 10 or 20 cents and possibly make thousands of dollars. I see it happen all of the time. The championship meet at Gulfstream Park brings out the best of the best. The best horses in the world, the best jockeys in the world, the best of everything in the world, horse racing-wise, is at Gulfstream Park right now. Visit GulfstreamPark.com to make a reservation for their trackside restaurant, 10 Palms, or head on out to the Carousel Club outside. You will have yourself a great time during the championship meet in Hollandale Beach at Gulfstream Park. Are we going to have a great time at Marlins games this season? No Sandy Alcantara, but the Marlins do have Yuri Perez. Yuri was very exciting to watch last year. I think he's proven himself to be capable of being completely dominant at times. There were plenty of performances last season by Yuri Perez where I was saying, wow, but not his fault. The Marlins were very careful with him. The Marlins were watching his innings. They shut him down for a time period to protect his arm. Then they wound up bringing him back. Here he is, year two. He does not have Sandy ahead of him in the rotation. Will the Marlins turn Yuri loose? Are you going to turn him loose? Famous Uncle Luke line here from this show many, many years ago. But will they let Yuri pitch and pitch and pitch, or are they going to be more protective of someone who is very important to the organization and to their future? If I had to guess, 
and this would be a very well-educated guess, I would say it's the latter. They will protect him. Maybe not as much as they did last season, but they're most likely going to protect him. You're not going to see Yuri Perez going out there and doing sandy things like throwing eight innings, unless it's an amazingly low pitch count. But Yuri's not the only pitcher the Marlins have. We know the Marlins organization loves pitching. It'd be great if they loved the pitching and kept the pitching. Remember, they did have Zach Gallen. He just won the Cy Young. They traded him for Jazz. The Marlins also made a deal a couple years ago and picked up Jesus Lazardo. At the time, I hated the deal. He came over to Miami, put on a uniform, took the mound, and I really hated the deal. But he's young. And Jesus Lazardo has continued to get better and better. He's not the same guy who came to Miami from Oakland. He's much better. Maybe it gives some credit to Mel Stoudemire Jr., the Marlins pitching coach. Some player development there. So when you don't have Sandy Alcantara in your rotation, every other pitcher you've got becomes so much more important. Yuri Perez, Jesus Lazardo, maybe even Trevor Rogers. I saw on Marlins social media, they had a few pictures up, and one of them was Trevor. He's a guy that's got plenty of arm talent, but can he stay healthy? If he can, will he be a big part of the rotation? Will he be a part of the rotation at all? My biggest concern with this Marlins pitching staff, besides not having Sandy at the top, it's the run support. Based on what the Marlins have not done this offseason, I don't see how they're not going to be a run-starved offense. And they're going to have to continue to lean on their pitching. Probably in ways that are not sustainable. The Marlins have a good coaching staff. They got a really good manager from what I've seen in one year. Will they be able to navigate this season where they're at least equal to where they were last year, getting into the postseason? The only certainty I have about this Marlins team, and I'm talking zero doubt, no doubt whatsoever, 100% certain, it's Luis Arise. That dude is a hitting machine. Having... Luis Arise as your table setter, slapping two or three hits a game, it gives you such an edge to kickstart your offense. Once Luis Arise does get on base, will the Marlins be able to move him over? Will they be able to drive him in? A lot of that will rely on Jazz, Jake Berger, Josh Bell, is there going to be enough pop in the Marlins lineup to be competitive just in their division? We do have to keep a certain level of respect on this team, at least for now. That's why I'm backing away about burying them a little bit because pitchers and catchers are just reporting. They did have a very quiet offseason 
where they acquired nobody, okay, really, zero free agents to a major league contract. Zilch. Nothing. Nada. Small potatoes. No potatoes. Diddly squat. A big old goose egg. And you lose your biggest bats. So that's why going into the season, you're like, well, how's this going to work out? But this is an organization that's coming off of a playoff run. It was the first time they made a postseason in a non-pandemic year since 2003. So the Marlins do deserve respect. They deserve a little bit of optimism. Not full kill, a little bit of optimism. But there are also lots of questions around this team that cannot be ignored. And the answers will start to reveal themselves over the coming months. I really hope that the Marlins are at least interesting. I say this before every season. I know the Heat are going to be interesting. I know the Dolphins will always be interesting. At least I think so. Based on history, if it's not on the field, it's off the field. The Panthers, they're doing really well. The Marlins, I just want them to be interesting because you got 162 games in a baseball schedule. Last year was awesome. Not only were they interesting, but they were in a pennant race. They were fun. They gave us material to discuss. That's what I'm hoping for out of the fish this year. If you're not going to be good offensively, at least give us something to discuss. Kim Ang is no longer there. She ran the baseball side. She and Bruce Sherman had a parting of ways this offseason. When Kim was hired, everyone was talking about what an inspired choice she was, how great she is, how other teams should have picked her up, how great she was with her job for Major League Baseball, and she had experience with the New York Yankees. She ran the Marlins for two years, something like that. They reached the postseason. She and the team split ways. And nobody's snatched her up from what I've seen. Nobody put her in a similar role as the Marlins did. I don't know why. I don't know if it's her choice. Maybe she's taking a little break from baseball. I'm really not sure what she's up to. But the Marlins went out and got Peter Bendix from the Tampa Bay Rays. I didn't know who Peter Bendix was before the Marlins got him. And chances are you probably didn't know who Peter Bendix was. Unless Craig Mish is tuned into this show right now. Or Joe Fasaro. I don't even know if Craig Minervini knew. Craig's a very knowledgeable guy and a good friend, but I I don't know if he knew. So let's at least give, at least for today, I don't know if I'll feel the same way on Monday when I join you. We shall see. But let's at least give the Marlins a chance for now. It's early. Pitchers and catchers are just reporting. It's the day after Valentine's Day. And hopefully you're not saying right now, oh my gosh, yesterday was Valentine's Day? I mean, come on. You had to know that by now. And here's something else you should know. You should know about the bagel loan if you're in the market for a home, need a mortgage, 
or refinancing. Stewie has got the bagel loan. I've been giving you Stewie's personal cell phone number and telling you to call him and ask him about the bagel loan. Inside a bagel, you see a zero right there in the middle. And that is exactly what you'll pay Stewie. Zero. No lender fees, no appraisal fees. It's the bagel loan. And Stewie, he is so good. Here's his personal cell phone number. Why not call him? It's not like you're going to be charged to call him. Long distance charge? Come on. Who pays long distance charges anymore? Call Stewie. 561-379-4441. That's Stewie's personal cell phone number. 561 379 4441. Tell Stewie you want to know about the bagel loan where you pay him zero. No lender fees, no appraisal fees. If you're buying a home, need a mortgage, or refinancing, get a hold of Stewie on his personal cell phone, 561 379 4441, and tell him you want to know about the bagel loan. MLS number 226715. We are hitting the all-star break in the NBA and the Miami Heat. They hit that break with not one, but two consecutive SPO wins. A SPO win is a win where the Miami Heat have a lot of obstacles, big-time challenges that make winning a game very difficult. And last night... It was their second consecutive game on the road, back-to-back nights. So back-to-back road games, and in both of those games, you play without Jimmy Butler, without Terry Rozier, and without Josh Richardson. And you're playing two Eastern Conference playoff teams, and yet the Miami Heat found a way on both of those nights to get a W. That is a very impressive way to hit the all-star break. Realistically, where the Miami Heat are now is just about where they were last season at the break, which means there's a path. The Miami Heat, they wound up in the NBA Finals last season, so that's definitely on the list of things that can happen this year. But again, it's going to be a difficult road, at least as it stands now. Right now, they're still in the play-in scenario, which means they're going to have to earn their way to play into a best-of-seven series. It also means a lot of playoff games would be on the road. But haven't we seen enough to know that whatever's happening right now with the Heat doesn't matter a ton? It matters, but does it matter that much I think we should realize by now that the heat know when it's go time they go when it's time for playoff Jimmy that's what we get when the defense needs to rise to another level that's what this team does they know it and the way the first half of the season has gone what they've done 
they have put themselves in a spot where they have very little margin for error. However, they can still accomplish everything they want. And that is get back to the NBA Finals, but this time win it. They carved themselves out a difficult path last year, and they navigated it. This team knows how to do it. One thing that I've noticed, and this is fantastic. I hope I'm right. The little confrontation that we saw Sunday against Boston, Duncan Robinson with Jalen Brown, where Jalen clearly had a dirty play, very dirty, basically an arm bar and threw Duncan into the expensive seats. While none of Duncan's teammates stood up for him at the time, and I was annoyed by that, I thought that was wrong. I thought it was weak. I thought that was so anti-heat culture. But here's what I noticed. Duncan, since that incident, has been locked in. Duncan's running around with purpose. He's shooting well. He's playing D. He's talking his talk. I don't want to say that Jalen Brown tugged on Superman's cape because Duncan is not Superman. But Duncan has certainly been locked in since that happened. And then you look around the floor for Miami. Tyler Hero, he's looking comfortable. I think he's adjusting very well to his new role. The Heat are essentially asking him to play differently because they brought over Terry Rozier. And even though Scary Terry's out for a bit, they're still asking Tyler to modify his game, and it's working. Tyler's not holding the ball as long. He's out there attacking and scoring. He's not standing there watching the shot clock go down. So the Miami Heat offense is moving a lot more. Everything is happening much quicker. Everything you see has just got more pop with that Heat offense. So you've got Duncan locked in right now. Tyler's adjusting well. Bam is an all-star, and last night he played like one. Another monster night for him. He's just doing all of the Bam things. Lots of boards, contesting shots, scoring. Bam Adebayo is a three-time all-star we get to watch him on Sunday night representing the Miami Heat. He's getting to the point in his career where he's sort of a given to be on that team. He's not reached the level where he's a lock as a starter, but to play on All-Star Weekend, he's there. I'm most excited for Saturday night. Normally, I don't really care, and I haven't for many, many, many years because the dunk contest just... Is not the same as it used to be. But Saturday night, Jaime Jaquez Jr., he's in the slam dunk contest. And the only two members of the Heat to ever win it, Harold Miner and Derek Jones Jr. Jaime has crazy hops. He won his slam dunk contest in high school in California. So we'll see what he's got in his bag. I'm excited to see it. I know he's already very well liked by Miami Heat fans, NBA junkies who've got the NBA League Pass who watch games every single night. They know Triple J, but if he's able to have a strong showing in this, it's going to escalate his profile. It's going to make him more well-known around the league, more well-known around casual basketball fans. 
if there was not a Heat player involved, I wouldn't be psyched for this at all. But because Jaime Jaquez Jr. will be there, sign me up. I will be watching, and maybe I'll even throw down a wager on him. Although I have to go to the supermarket to do that because I'm here in Medellin and the Hard Rock Bet app does not work. I mean, it turns on and I can see lines and everything, but I can't use it. Outside service area. I don't know if Hard Rock Bet's coming to Medellin or anywhere in Colombia anytime soon. Now, speaking of money, it's always a subject on our mind, isn't it? Maybe you've got a financial plan, but it just ain't working. Contact Trajan Wealth. Let Trajan Wealth help you design a plan that's based around your goals. Maybe you weren't feeling any love yesterday on Valentine's Day. Make today a new day. Start feeling love with your financial plan by letting Trajan Wealth help you. They're located locally in Palm Beach. It will cost you nothing to set up a meeting with Trajan Wealth. Visit TrajanWealth.com. That's TrajanWealth.com. Or call them, 561-390-1000. If you've got brand new goals here in 2024, even if you've got old goals that you want to start working on so you can accomplish them, Let Trajan Wealth help you. Don't wait any longer. Visit TrajanWealth.com today. Advisory services are offered through Trajan Wealth LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor, and this is a paid advertisement. I talk about the Miami Heat hitting the all-star break and hitting it well. Unfortunately, the University of Miami basketball team, they're not hitting anything well. They are fading fast and I hate to see it a big run by Clemson to end the game last night the Canes lose again they lost to UNC over the weekend now they lose on the road to Clemson the Canes chances at the NCAA tournament keep getting smaller and smaller the mix of players is just not the same this year Jordan Miller and Isaiah Wong Two very important players, no longer there. Nigel Pack has taken a big step back. He's been struggling. He was bad last night. I think the Canes' only hope is when the ACC tournament comes around. Maybe they'll suddenly appear and start ripping off wins, although that's going to be extremely difficult. We had so much greatness in 2023, and now, maybe FAU can hold it down. That's all the time I got for this Thursday afternoon. I'm off tomorrow. I'll be back with you on Monday. For now, I'm Andy Slater, and I'll see you later.